You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. You say, well, it's too late for me. You're breathing. It's not too late. You've never been this way before. Your mom and dad didn't take you there. They had an opportunity, but they never took the steps in life that would lead them to a place of real spiritual maturity. But you don't have to be like them. Love them, yes. Respect them, yes. They're your mom. They're your parents. Take a step of faith that your mom or your dad never took. Are you pushing yourself to go deeper in your faith than maybe even the generation before you? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Danny, he encourages you to go wider and deeper in your relationship with the Lord. Sometimes people can quit growing in their walk with God, but Pastor Danny urges you to keep growing to new levels of spiritual maturity. In order to do this, set aside time in your days and weeks to study, to read, and to pray. You'd be amazed at how much you can grow within a year's time. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Joshua, chapter 3, as he begins his message, A Legacy of Faith. Just a reminder of what the summary of the book of Joshua is. The name Joshua is the Old Testament name for the New Testament, Jesus. Moses had to die in the plan and will of God because Moses represented the law. John 1.16, the law came by Moses, grace and truth by Christ Jesus. The law can never lead us into the land of promise, and that's where Joshua is now looking to lead um, a generation, a new generation. Early in the morning, verse 1, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. Now, pause there for a minute, and let me let you know what I've chosen to do. Feeling led by the Lord, choosing to do it because I felt this is the way He wanted me to do this particular message. We're going to just read through it, not all at one time like I do a lot of times and then go back. We're just going to read through it section at a time and try to clean what God has for us. That one section right there. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. Simple, brief point, but important. You're going to find all the blessing that God wants for you in your life. The way to be robbed of it is to not submit to the God-ordained authorities that he's put in your life, starting with your parents, could extend to the principal, something I failed in for years. 
pastoral authority. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders. They went through the camp giving orders, not suggestions. In the church, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Here's what happens. You got a new work like this, and there's an excitement in the air. I felt it. Hopefully you feel it. But let me tell you, enjoy the honeymoon because it won't last. What do I mean? Some people get excited and they're all excited. The new work and I'm still pastoring and, and I am still your pastor if you let me be. But listen, I'm going to make some decisions and probably already be happy for, for some people that you don't agree with. Some people will be directed. You'll jump into a volunteer position, and that's not the position necessarily for you. And somebody's going to say, we might have to shift you to a different position, and you're not going to like that. What are you going to do about it? One person already, because they jumped in from the very first week, and they're doing all kind of stuff, and then because we did not assign them a position that they thought they should have based on the work they've done, they left. And I wonder what they might have missed out on if they had just stayed in the game. You weren't a part of the starting lineup. You sat on the bench, but there's a purpose for you sitting on the bench, perhaps. Maybe it's to teach you how to submit. Uh, maybe it's to teach you that just because you're doing it, why are you, why are you doing it? Are you doing it for a position? Are you doing it for a paycheck? Are you looking, hey, great opportunity now, relaunching of Calvary Chapel. Now it's Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Same pastor, though. I'd like to be on staff. And you have no idea what you're wishing for. Amen. And we'll eventually have a staff. Orders, not suggestions. Submission and faithfulness. On in verse 3, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you'll know which way to go. Since you've never been this way before. Pause there. This is a new path. They've never taken this path before. Now, stop and think about that with me. Their moms and dads were a part of the generation before. Their moms and dads, 40 years before, were at this same Jordan River... Moses has sent 12 spies in. They came back and they said, it's everything God said. I mean, there are blessings there. The grapes, you can't believe the grapes there. But 10 out of 12 spies said, yeah, it's great, but there are giants there. And they influenced the whole generation of people. Their moms and dads this generation we're reading about never crossed the Jordan, never tasted the grapes, never knew the blessings that God had for them. And their children know it. I can't tell you how many times I've heard over the years, I'll never be like my dad, and they grew up and they're just like him. 
I'll never be like my mom, and you grow up and you just like her. And here's the generation we're talking about, the one before. It's not a generation that didn't believe in God. It's a generation that believed in God. And if you want to apply that to us here, it's, it's your mom and dad, and they made you go to church. And they believe in God. But they never, ever took the steps of faith that would bring them to a place of real spiritual maturity. You don't doubt your dad believes in God. You don't doubt your mom believes in God. But you know. Hey, mom, dad, your children know. You say, well, it's too late for me. You're breathing. It's not too late. You've never been this way before. Your mom and dad didn't take you there. They had an opportunity, but they never took the steps in life that would lead them to a place of real spiritual maturity. But you don't have to be like them. Love them, yes. Respect them, yes. They're your mom. They're your parents. Take a step of faith that your mom or your dad never took. Middle of verse 4, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Don't go near it. Every one of the points could be a whole message on this one, just very simply. You keep an attitude of reverence, reverence, reverence. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecration, absolutely necessary. You don't cross this Jordan and, and experience the blessings that God has for you if you've got hidden sin in your life. You don't, you don't cross this Jordan and experience what God has for you if you're playing around and, and half foot in and half foot out and then riding the fence. Uh, the Laodicean church don't get this one. It's hot or cold. And only the hot <laughs> experience the land of promise. Verse 6, Joshua said to the priest, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the Israelites, or tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here, listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you'll know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Amorites, Jebusites, Termites, all the ites. <laughs> See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. They call that a miracle. Quick reminder, if you want a scripture reference for this point, it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Every 
believer in Jesus, New Testament, is a priest, male or female. It's not dealing with gender, dealing with spirituality in terms of who, we're, who we are in Christ. We're priests. And we carry the ark, the power and the presence of God. So this is for all of us, the priest. And the promise is you take a step and God will do the miraculous. So listen, what we're talking about, what God wants to do in, in our lives in terms of blessing is, is beyond something physical. And, and it certainly has nothing to do with IQ, ability, um, Bible knowledge. Now, all those things have their place in terms of Bible knowledge, that kind of stuff. But look, what God wants to do is supernatural. And those last verses I read, God says, this is what I'll do. I'll do the supernatural. I'll do the miraculous. That's his promise. But it's yet future. And it will never happen if the priests don't choose to take a step. You have to take a step. I took a step when I was 19 years old. Literally. Took a step from the television where Jack Van Empey was preaching a doomsday message about the second coming of Christ. I was so convicted. Went out in my front yard, knelt down, asked God to forgive me, Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. It was the most important step. He did what I asked him to do. He forgave me. He came into my life. A few weeks later, I took another step in a Baptist church that I'd gone that following Sunday after my front yard experience. And the message, I don't remember the text, but at the end, it was, it was if you believe God's calling you to full-time Christian service. I felt the tug on my heart. I walked forward in that Baptist church, and, I, and the pastor had said, if you're willing to go wherever he leads you, makes it clear, wherever, and do whatever, would you go? I said, I'll go. I walked down. Not long after, I took a step, got in my Plymouth Cricket, thank God we made it, from Hartsville, South Carolina to Lynchburg, Virginia, to Liberty Baptist College. Seven years later, I took a step and got in the car, and thank God the Cricket had died by then. I had a 1972 Ford pickup with a log on the front for a bumper. That's a true story. I was pulling a U-Haul. I went 55 downhill on the interstate. No kidding. 42 uphill. I'm not exaggerating. I had people honking at me the whole way down to Florida. And going around me. And I came to St. Petersburg, Florida. And I'm still here. I took a step of faith along with my wife a few months ago when God told us to step out of the boat. And he spoke to us clearly. I don't care what anybody says. I don't have to stand before them. I got to stand before Jesus. I, I, I appreciate that. Took a step of faith. You think that we enjoyed that? Christian life is just one step of faith after another. Here's what God says he'll do. But you got to take a step. Verse 14, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, you don't want to miss the half verse here, verse 15. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage. All during the harvest. 
Acts 24 talks about Paul the Apostle. He stood before Governor Felix, and Governor Felix comes in all of his pomp with his wife, and, and he's there before Paul, or Paul before him, really from heaven's perspective, it's Felix before Paul. And Paul begins preaching a message. He talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. And it says, Felix was afraid. Why? Because he didn't know Jesus, he wasn't ready for the judgment to come, and he certainly wasn't living a righteous life. And here's what the text tells us. At this point, Felix was afraid, and he said to Paul, Stop! Stop this sermon. Stop Paul's sermon. Something we're not going to let you do this morning. <laughs> And here's what he said. That's enough for now. When I find it convenient, then I'll send for you. When I find it convenient. It's a flood stage. That's when you got to take the step. Not convenient. Well, I'd like to get involved. You know that men's breakfast. Why would you plan it on the Saturday when I have my golf game? Well, I'd come to Wednesday night, you know, but I'm just so tired after work. Luke chapter 14. Let's know what Jesus says. Luke chapter 14. Luke 14, verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet with many guests invited. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to all those who had been invited. Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field. I got to go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, well, I just got married. You can't expect me to get involved. What's your excuse? What's your excuse for not taking the step? Now, the Jordan is a flood stage all during the harvest, middle of verse 15. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the salt sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. God did exactly what He promised He would do. But He didn't do it before they got their feet wet. They had to get their feet wet. I love this next one. <laughs> Verse 17. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That's also a miracle. And you know what I wrote down in my notes? I thought it was good. It's a wet step that leads to a firm foundation. It's a wet step that leads to a firm foundation. And I couldn't help but think of Peter. 
storm. He's in the boat. Jesus walking on the water in the midst of the storm. All the disciples in the boat are first afraid, and then Jesus says, it's okay. Don't be afraid. It's me. And don't you love Peter? If it's you, bid me to come to you. I don't know if he really expected the response. <laughs> come. And I love what my friend Asif Sheikh reminds me of often. I think you stole it from somebody, but it's good. You can't walk on water if you don't step out of the boat. And he took a step of faith. And all of a sudden, what in normal circumstances, you would just have to swim. You walked on water. And so will you. God will do the miraculous in your life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do something that is not explainable and it doesn't make sense <laughs> except to him. But you got to take the step. There is one more section. You don't want to miss this one. Just a few verses, chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, to carry them over with you and to put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. One of the greatest benefits of taking the first step of faith to receive Christ as Lord and Savior and then continuing to take steps of faith along the journey of life as you seek to follow Jesus, it's what you do for your family. I don't want to talk about myself, but I can't help it. <laughs> that was a joke. But, but listen, I, Thursday I'm starting to really study for the message this weekend, and my daughter um, comes into the kitchen, and I'm sitting at the counter where the Calvary Chapel Fellowship office is now. <laughs> And, and I got my Bible open, and I'm, I'm handwriting at this point some notes from Joshua chapter 3. And, and um, she starts talking to me, and so I'm like, well, I, I, I want to talk to my daughter, you know. And we start talking, and, and somehow, I don't remember how it happened, but because I'm right in the middle of studying Joshua, I forget how it started, but, but I was thinking about this particular point of leaving, leaving a legacy 
of faith for your family. We're so glad that you joined us for today's edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message from the book of Joshua again, or hear more from Pastor Danny Hodges, simply visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible reading plan. Just look under the resources tab on our website for more information. As you make your way through the Bible, you might be surprised how something you read hits your heart exactly where you're at or what you're going through. God's Word has a way of doing that, and it's unmistakably God's way of speaking to you. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God over the radio, even if they weren't intending to. Pray that listeners would be open to hearing the gospel message. Pray also that we would continue to seek God's will for this program in teaching the Word and reaching the world. We'd also like to ask you to pray about supporting The Living Word financially. If you feel led, you can find a way to do this through our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on the Give tab. We're so grateful for your support. Thanks for praying, giving, and listening here on The Living Word.